Before we jump in, a warning that we are an explicit book podcast. Yes, that means swearing, shitty jokes, and a whole lot of dark humour that some may take offence to. Please check your trigger warnings on all of the books we cover. You've been warned. The episode starts in three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> a book in a bed. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of A Book in a Bev. We are your hosts, Bryony, Georgia, and Ellie, and we are back this week with the end of the Mindfuck series. That's right, <gasps> we're giving you books four and five, All the Lies and Paint It Red by S.T. Abbey. Are you prepared? Because I am not. Nope. No. The stress I feel is unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) What are we all drinking tonight? Well, again, I had all these plans for drinking all this red stuff for all of the blood and the red she wears while she kills people. But if you recall in the last episode, Georgia was sounding a little bit sexy, a little bit husky because she was unwell. Funny enough, I then also was unwell. And so I'm drinking coffee and water just trying to survive like all the people in this book that try to survive Lana's wrath. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that is good. Well, I am drinking, well, it's basically empty now, but I was drinking Jack and Coke. And this is simply because I have already used this, but I'm using it again. It goes down so smooth, like this entire series. That's why I'm drinking it. That's why I love it. That's why I love this series. It's just what I need to end it off. Fair enough. I'm drinking water tonight for no good reason, but in my mind, I am drinking whiskey neat because that feels appropriate for the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So, what are everyone's thoughts? Look, in three words, oh my god. Like, what a way to end a series. These last two books are just painful in kind of the best way. You get all the answers and it just fucking breaks your heart when you finally know everything. But then you go on like this whirlwind that is both Lana finishing everything off but also Logan finding out. I wanted to kick his fucking ass there for a hot minute. But in the end, we got what we wanted. I wish we did have more time of Logan like feeling conflicted about the whole. I'm in love with a serial killer. But I mean, by the end, he is no longer our golden boy either. So, oh, well, I guess. She corrupted mm. him. She did. Power of the did she Did she corrupt him or was she just right? Because women are always right. Mm, that is true. Also. Women's rights, women's wrongs, again, moral of the series. Well, let me just tell you, when I first read this series, Taylor hadn't finished the series. She had read like the first book or the first two books and was like, not for me. And that put a super sour taste in my mouth before I started because me and Taylor usually aren't too far off in what we like. So I was like, oh, I'm really not sure. And I read this quite a while ago. And then when I picked it up, I just loved it. It is so good. And these last two books really just, I feel like they summarize everything. I totally agree that I wanted more time with Logan simmering on his feelings about it all. But I think the whole series was so fast paced. It made sense for it to kind of also be fast paced in a way. But yeah. I would have loved to have seen like the internal battle and almost like, as Bryony was saying, like the cat and mouse, like between the two of them for a bit like I think more of that would have been great but honestly it's such a good wrap up to the series such a traumatic series at that as well so chef's kiss love it 
Yeah, I pretty much agree. Like, exactly. It was just such an epic ending to the final series. It was very dramatic. But final book especially, I was like, So dramatic. Yeah, it probably could have been. You know those, like, 911 TV shows, like those Search and Rescue, where it's, like, those crazy traumatic events with, like, no context. Yeah, this this was an episode of 911. Yeah. 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 (laughs) For a lot of reasons. For a lot of reasons. I agree. Book five for me felt a little bit far-fetched and a bit rushed. I would have preferred we drew that whole bit out a little bit longer. And, you know, maybe Lana doesn't have to go Rambo on the police department. Maybe she can just bomb them. Well, technically she did also bomb them. She did. Why not do both? She fucking did. So I agree with both of you. As much as I love Lana and Logan together, there needed to be more conflict when he found out. He literally mulled it over for a day and then was like, yeah. What? Technically, it was like an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he, and then he was like, "She actually was." I was like, "Ah, oh, but that pussy is good, though." <laughs> Straight back into it, literally. Well, I don't think. I think he actually more so thought, um, yeah. "Wow, that was actually really traumatic." I get that, but mm. also the first thing they did was bang. His yeah. pee needed to be in her V at all times. <laughs> oh, yeah. I still yeah. loved it. And yeah. I was motherfucking right. They ended up on some <laughs> secluded. I said Jamaica, there's a fucking hell of a lot of sand for it to be Greece. I thought Greece had more pebbles than sand, but there was a lot of sand in that ending chapter. Oh, right. Well, we jump straight in with book four, All the Lies. We start off with the list and a lot more names have been crossed off and we get this moment. If Logan and I ruled the world together, Voltaire would consider us the perfect blend. My list might have grown, but the names are coming down quickly. It's almost time to sprint to the finish line. It's time they die at the hands of a dead girl who forgot how to be weak. I can't wait to watch them burn. Damn. Fuck, that's hot. Again, women's rights, women's wrongs. You're never going to see me disagree with her. (laughs) No, absolutely not. We pick right where we left off. Logan is interviewing Diana Barnes, and this is fucking traumatic. So, again, like we have said in every episode, trigger warning, this part is fucked. Yeah. Yeah. If you're triggered by fucked things. Maybe not. Look, yes. I remember finishing book three and I was like, I have to intentionally stop, clear my mind, yeah. and I had to, like, get in the headspace for it. Yes. Yeah. So mm. buckle in because this is messy. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it's correct in so many it ways. Is. It is. I'm so sorry, though. So we learn right off the bat that she thinks that Victoria would have liked Logan and – That's actually quite funny because it's fucking true. But then she gets into the nitty gritty. Basically that their father was charged for crimes he couldn't have committed. Apparently he had alibis the nights the crimes were committed, the rape and torture and uh, murders of multiple women. On top of that, he was just like a general wonderful human being and wouldn't have done it. But the sheriff and SSA Johnson chose him to be the killer, so they made it so. Apparently, the sheriff's daughter was the first victim. She was left out on the street, her skin was peeled, and she was raped multiple times. He wasn't in the right head after that, so he wanted to find the killer more than anything, so he basically pinned her on the first person that he could. So their father was actually found hanging in his cell, but everyone knew that he wouldn't have killed himself when he was really innocent, and he 
was trying to get an appeal at the time and had caught the attention of some high up lawyer. But we continue to learn that Kyle is a fucking cunt of a human who deserves the most painful death imaginable, which ha ha ha, foreshadowing. We find out what happened to Marcus and Victoria. This is the quote that we get. And Kyle, oh, that boy was pure evil, she says, her tone turning angry now. They met him at the end of Belka Street and he wasn't alone. He brought several volunteers with him to help him punish the killer through his kids. They jumped them, got them down on the ground, stripped them bare on the middle of the streets. And after that, they took turns on the both of them. So we learned that there was 13 people, one being Diana's son. But he didn't participate in the events, but he was still present. But the other 12, they took turns the entire night. And then Lawrence, Morgan, and Kyle got a mirror from one of the nearby houses and held it up and told Marcus to fuck his own sister or they would castrate him because he was gay and that is apparently perverted. And so he should want to fuck his sister. Um, Again, great. that coming mm. from the gang rape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the logic yep. isn't logicking. Yeah. So Marcus obviously ended up refusing and so Kyle did what he said that he would and he ended up castrating him. We end up learning more of what happened and we get this quote. The mirror fell and shattered. Victoria had already been beaten to a pulp, her face unrecognisable. They'd pounded her face into the ground, hit her with their fists and so much more. When the glass shattered, they dragged her through it and then Kyle sliced her at the waist with the knife. After that, he grabbed a piece of the mirror, showed her what she looked like and he slammed the piece of mirror into her. His parting words to her were that she'd die a monster and a whore and they'd Mm. left them to bleed out on the streets. Jesus fucking Christ. I think this is probably the most traumatic thing I've ever read. Yeah. Yeah. In my brain, I had the horrible thought of like, has he literally been forced to? And that whole scenario. And I'm so glad that even though obviously it ends up awful for Marcus and for Victoria, like I'm glad he didn't actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought, seriously thought they were going to pick up his like chopped off dick and and do it that way. Yeah. But yeah. Also glad that didn't happen. Yeah. For once, my our brains actually went slightly further. Yeah. yeah. So, thank God. I love how you said okay. for once. <laughs> the way my brain went there, it was in relation to the glass that was going mm. into her. There was this girl. She went to the local pub. She danced on a table. She slipped. She oh, fell. No. She fell onto the glass table and the glass went up her asshole. <gasps> <laughs> oh god no. oh my god oh. she was literally skewered <laughs> she was skewered did she survive yeah she was fine just a few stitches In- like- internal stitches yeah oh they would have had to oh classic stitch up literally <laughs> <laughs> not the classic stitch up that's my god oh the classic stitch up oh now you're pushing it so far shut the fuck up georgia okay moving on from those shenanigans we learn that lindy may was raped by kyle because she tried to stop what was i keep thinking about her getting glass (laughs) it's so bad i blame you for this i can't even look at you guys because it's too much for me Okay. Anyway, moving on from the trauma, we learn that Lindy May was raped by Kyle because she tried to stop what was happening out on the street and she was basically run out of town after that. Kyle is obviously the sheriff's son and the deputies had told everyone in that area that there was a curfew that night and that they had to stay indoors no matter what. 
this is when we start to piece together that the deputies were all involved. There are so many more people that are involved than what we initially thought. Yeah. Marcus and Victoria's mother died in a car accident. She worked as a coroner at the hospital and Marcus tried to drive them to that hospital to save Victoria's life, which is way outside of town. And Marcus has done that Mm. while he's been castrated so he's bleeding out it's a lot and also part of me is kind of like if her injuries were less severe why the hell didn't she drive i think they were comparable like remember she had been beaten to a pulp gang raped and then dragged across glass then stabbed and then glass shoved in that stab wound and her face was unrecognizable because remember the surgery so like i think they're comparable when you put it that way yeah i feel like he found the strength to try to save her where she was like while it was happening and we had those flashbacks she was like i just wanted to end i feel nothing like i just wanted to end yeah we end up finally getting the full list of the 12 men that were involved so we have devon thomas tim hoover chuck cosby nathan malone jeremy hoyt Ben Harris, Tyler Shane, Lawrence Martin, Anthony Smith, Kevin Taylor, Morgan Jones, Carl Davenport, and Jason Martin. That's a long list of a lot of men that will fucking die and have died. Yeah. We learn that Kyle is truly a sick fuck. He was killing and torturing animals from the age of five. His mother handed over parental rights to the sheriff, his dad, after he ended up cutting her with a knife. Yeah, fair Great. Right. Like that. Basically, creepy shit is happening throughout the town still, like nursery rhymes, planking the speakers. And fun fact, it is Marcus and Victoria's mother that is singing the nursery rhymes. There are still magical quotes appearing as well. Lana and Jake are hard at work. Our girl is watching Logan come to terms with what has happened to her and her brother through surveillance. We get this moment. I can't take my eyes off Logan, seeing the pain in his eyes, pain for the girl he never knew, pain for a boy he'll never know, pain for a past that has haunted me for 10 years. SSA Johnson and the sheriff are freaking out. They're trying to put a stop to Logan and his team sniffing around. Logan and Donnie are going to interview Jake's father while Jake and our girl are still up to some shenanigans. She ends up going to visit Diana and Diana faints when she realizes who it is. We flick back to Logan and Donnie and Jake's father is blunt and gives them a copy of the recorded trial, which the file said wasn't filmed. Dun, dun, dun. We get a real insight into Robert Evans. He lost the love of his life to two rich drunks. Both her parents and his parents had passed already, leaving him with no help to care for his kids. He lost his life because of being in the wrong place at the wrong time, and his kids were murdered for crimes he never committed. Don't see how you could get unluckier than that. So that's fucked. We also get this tidbit. If Victoria had lived, she would have come back. She'd be this scarlet slayer you're looking for. That girl's fire always burned hotter and fiercer than anyone else's. Oh, isn't that Rob? Yeah. Jake's dad. No, this is Jake's dad. The OG killer who was jealous of Robert Evans being like, how unlucky. Not like I had anything to do with this. What? Yeah, not at all. A piece of shit. Indeed. No one suspects a dead girl though. So Logan and Donnie head to speak with Carl Burrows, who is the coroner at the time of Robert's death. 
Yes. Our girl is obviously still speaking with Diana when we flick back to her. Diana is obviously very shocked. Before our girl can explain what happened to her and Marcus in great detail, she gets a ding from her phone and the deputies are trying to jump Logan and kill him at the cabin. And our girl is not having that. So she motherfucking gets her Sonic the Hedgehog shoes on and she just <laughs> runs. Sonic, hi. Did you really just make a Sonic joke? <laughs> I did. I love oh that. Sorry. Yes. Iconic. Carry on. So Logan and Donnie are jumped, but before the deputy can kill them, our girl runs up in her Sonic shoes and knocks them out. But by this point, like Logan's like been hit in the back of the head. Donnie's knocked out. Logan can't really see what the fuck's going on, but he can see like the outline of the unsub. He twists the knife as Hollis screams, and I hear almost a delicate feminine laughter floating through the air. And (laughs) it's not a man who just saved my life. (laughs) It wasn't a beast at all. It was a woman. It was a beauty. I'm just imagining, like, her delicate feminine laugh when someone does one of those snort laughs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My laugh is anything but feminine. My laugh is like, (laughs) ha, ha. Brian's is like a chuckle. Yeah. A Dr. Hibbard or a Marge Simpson wheeze. Oh, my God, a Marge Simpson wheeze. Yeah. That's my favourite. Okay, well, Logan is in hospital recovering, and obviously the team is like, it could not have been a woman that saved your life. Straight up not possible because reasons. Craig is like, obviously you were (laughs) saved by the Scarlet Slayer. (laughs) Because they're all misogynists. They fucking hate women. A woman couldn't have done that. She's just Even the female agents are like, nah, doesn't track. (laughs) Doesn't track. Craig is like, obviously you were saved by the Scarlet Slayer. But as he says this, Leonard is just giving Lana some bombastic side eye. Oh, isn't he just? (laughs) At this stage, I'm like, I fucking love you, Leonard. Bombastic side eye. Side eye. Anyway. Everyone is obviously unsettled as, you know, the sheriff is literally gunning for them now. Logan tries to convince Lana to go home, but unsurprisingly, she does not. Which I feel like in the real world, her being there would be questioned a lot more. Anyways, we don't notice it. It's fine. So when they leave the hospital, they agree to bunk together in teams and take shifts guarding each other. Hadley goes with Elise, but waits until Lana gives her like a look before she does. Leonard is bunking with our couple, aka Everyone with an L name is in one cabin, so that's funny. <laughs> Leonard just keeps giving our girl some bombastic criminal offensive side eye as she curls off around Logan. Leonard continues to be super curious about our girl, but Lana cannot put her finger on what that reason is. Like, why all of a sudden he's like, wow, you're so interesting. Tell me about your life. Instead, they discuss what the haunted house is, which is happening that night, and how Kyle plans on attending. And Lana's internal monologue reveals that Kyle enjoys raping people in the haunted house, and everyone just believes it's part of the Jesus. So, what the fuck? Okay. Leonard says that the sheriff is sending four deputies with Kyle. But as he says, like, oh, yeah, there's four deputies, he's again just giving Lana, like, he's like, there's four intentional look. Deputies, intentional look. <laughs> Kyle, intentional look. Um, when they are alone, Lana and Logan fuck. It's slow and beautiful. But after they are done and Lana has jumped out of the shower, Logan is watching a video of her mother singing. And Ooh. it's like this heartbreaking moment as Lana both wants to keep watching the video, but like she has to act like it's just any other thing when she has no attachment to it and she can't keep watching. I'm sorry, but imagine post-sex 
you're, you've got sex blow, You've raw dogged it. Hair. And then Just... mum starts singing. <laughs> and it's also what... creepy nursery rhymes as well. Like, yeah. so yeah. it's like, what type of play were they doing back in the day? That just Hey, we don't kink shame much. in this household. Whatever <laughs> works, I guess. Mum's and, mum and piss play. nursery rhymes after sex, we will shame that. And okay. piss play. And feet. I'm just going to keep moving. Leonard and Logan are discussing their conflicting feelings next. Logan, like, is obviously appreciating what the motivations are, but is still very clearly against our killer. Like, you know, he's like, the law, even though it seems to be working out so well for him. Whereas Leonard is saying some more interesting things, and he also believes Logan that the killer is a woman. (laughs) They then get to Carl Burroughs and get some more insight into what happened to Robert, and this is heartbreaking because we find out how they fed Robert nails in prison so that it would tear him up on the inside. They shoved their batons up his ass and pinned him down while he bled out from both ends before finally beating him to death once they had finished. That's so bad. It is so terrible. Especially like you think this man is innocent. He has not done it. He's been trying to convince everyone that he hasn't done it. They're not even treating him like a normal criminal. And the sheriff and Johnson know that he is innocent. They know he hasn't done it. They know they have framed him and they are leading the charge. And Johnson knows what they did to Robert. We discover that the original killer was left-handed and Robert Evans was right-handed and actually had a broken left hand because Kyle had broken his hand. Kyle is left-handed so we're like, oh my god, is he the original killer? So when they get in the car, Leonard comments that he thought he had figured something out but he must have been wrong. Logan and Leonard decide that they have to speak to Kyle right fucking now and so they head to his house and share basically try to block them but Logan makes his way through and we meet Kyle he's a generic white asshole so nothing is surprising then they profile him as an asshat disgusting wank stain but they know that he's not the original killer and that's the but, technical term just so you're all aware really yeah the technical it. term is asshat disgusting wank stain yes as they're leaving Kyle makes this comment about going after Lana but Logan says funny I was just thinking how Lana would probably make you wish you'd never been born. (laughs) You've got no idea. (laughs) Beautiful work, Logan. When they get back to the cabin, things are again kicking into a high gear as Lana is like literally holding the line as the sheriff is trying to quote unquote investigate Logan's cabin because apparently he was seen purchasing drugs. Lana is obviously aware of the sheriff's shenanigans. She's like, you shenanigan once, you can shenanigan and I will not trust you. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) She's like, yeah, you can search the cabin as long as we can search you before you come in. And, I mean, you should have no problem with that, right? It's definitely not like you're hiding drugs to plant here. And, obviously, he does not agree and we have that beautiful moment. We get this quote from Lana. I'll never just bend over and take it, SSA Bennett, unless I'm bending over for you, of course. Thank you, Lana. Leonard's just dying in the corner. He's like, this is the funniest shit I've ever heard in my life. Leonard Um, is quickly becoming my favourite I love Leonard. So it's now time for the haunted house, a.k.a. get fucked, Kyle. So Lana and Jake are in their car discussing coincidences before they brutally uh, torture and murder some people. And we get this quote from Jake. I mean, what are the odds of you running into the lead FBI agent on your case and falling for him and him falling for you? Your paths were meant to cross, but he wasn't meant to stop you or he already would have. Even I, a man of pure science, cannot belittle what you have by labelling it with mere coincidence. Maybe he was meant to drag out your humanity right when you needed it. Or <laughs> yes. Jake. Hilariously, Lana enters the haunted house dressed as Michael Myers. 
<laughs> oh my god she really she picked it and i'm proud of her i'm happy with the choices she takes her place in the haunted house as she starts like actually killing the deputies who are protecting kyle and the other people like the spectators in the house just think it's part of the show and laugh in the face of these dying cops i'd really hope that people wouldn't go to a haunted house and not realize that it's someone crime. was yeah actual crime rape and murder i'm fairly sure that's something that you'd be able to go oh that seems real even if it's a fake rape who the fuck Anything. is faking a rape apparently um white middle america but anyways yeah. lana stabs the shit out of trevor then takes a saw to chad's chest and when it's kyle's turn he turns to run because he realizes it's real and lana just lobs the saw at his head he goes down and she drags him through a hole in the floor and as they are loading him into jake's car kyle's girlfriend sees but she just like turns away because again <laughs> at this stage she's covered in bruises and we can only imagine what her night was going to be like. Yeah, she sees that and she's like, yeah, no. Lana walks away as Logan realises that something has happened to Kyle and as Logan tries to figure out what has happened, he sees Kyle's girlfriend who, again, I mentioned this last episode, um, there is some hilarious names in this book and one of them is the fact that Kyle's girlfriend is called Miss Blanks. Like, really. <laughs> we couldn't think of a surname and so we went with Blanks. Blanks. It's like she's censored. She <laughs> has been redacted from this book because she is. <laughs> Simply too offensive. While they're talking to uh, redacted girlfriend, Logan and Leonard realise that loyalties are shifting in the community. However, they also realise that the killer has a partner. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, Our favourite crime duo have wrangled Kyle into a box with bulletproof walls covered in one-way glass, which acts like a mirror. So they watched you on Netflix and they were like, that's a great idea. They (laughs) They wrote notes. They took They're like, down. Joe Goldberg, nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Lana knows that Kyle hates small spaces and she's planned his killing spot years ago and she's calling it an underground tomb full of mirrors. However, it's not his resting place. We get to that later. But, you know, this whole thing, it's twisted, it's dark, it's fucked up and I like it. I do. Nothing but the best for our Kyle. Lana's playing a bit of a dangerous game here. She's creating an alibi by using Detective Duke who thinks that she's in her house while he's camped outside because apparently she fabricated this big story about a burglary. Anyway, none of it's real. She's actually killing Kyle. Jake is worried that she's about to get caught and they do end up having a bit of a DNM and his love for her and his love for Marcus is all beautiful and sweet but all she can think about is Logan. We've got bigger fish to fry right now guys because we've got to put our killer hat on and go kill some cunts and that's exactly what we do. Let's kill some cunts. Mm -hmm. She steps into the box and starts taunting Kyle. He tries to grab for her but she dodges him and basically describes his attempt as watching a child fight with a teenage bully and I love that. I really, really enjoy that. She releases her inner Kim Possible and does a spitty kick thing into his face. <laughs> Jake's playing the theme song through the spit. <laughs> it's not a nursery rhyme. Call me, beat me, oh, if you yeah. want to reach me. I'm your basic average girl. It's and girl. I'm and I'm here to save the world. You can't stop me because I'm Kim. Kim Possible. <laughs> Fucking loved Kim Possible. Oh, so good. So anyway, Lana is now our Kim Possible. She tells him she's going to make him him watch just like he did for Marcus and then chopped his finger off. Then she says to him, dinner served, bitch, shoves his finger into his mouth and makes him swallow it. Oh, what's that from? Princess Diaries? You see in Princess Diaries when she breaks the finger off the statue and she like shoves it back into <laughs> the mouth. I was like, I don't remember. I was like, whoa, I don't remember 
of that in Princess Diaries. No, no Anne Hathaway would the, never. Breaks the finger off the statue. In case you're thinking, well, oh, this is getting a bit too much, we're reminded just how much this sick fucker deserves it with some flashbacks of the night he orchestrated the gang rape and murder slash attempted murder. It's all right. He's a dick. He deserves it. She ends up he cutting does. off all 10 fingers and starts slicing and dicing his torso like some fucked up toddler's drawing. You know how they Ugh. get really aggressive when they hold their crayon? Yeah. Like, they, hold the, they hold it like with their full fist and they're like, <gasps> they do. Yeah, that's what she's doing to his stomach. It's great. As oh. she's cutting, she's thinking back to the aftermath of that night and with each stab, she's dedicating them to her dad and to Marcus and to herself. And then she thinks to herself, she'll skin him alive. Well, she does just that. I also love in this moment, at first when she steps into the box with Kyle, it's just her. And then Jake is like, actually, nah, I'm getting in on this one. And he's holding Kyle. I think he's pinned him how they had Marcus pinned yeah it's beautiful he does start begging her to stop and she tells him you have a long way to go and you're going to be awake for all of it even if i have to sew your eyelids open that's good big yikes there's a lot she starts crying at the poetic justice that is this moment he starts crying because he's literally experiencing death by a thousand cuts she gets to his dick he's terrified i'm excited we all know where this is going but then we fade to black which is fine. I'm okay with that. We know he's about to go through a lot and we've already experienced quite a lot of bloodshed in this book, so I'm happy to leave it here. Yeah, we'll get back to him anyways. Yep, that we do. In Logan's POV, he is waking up to what he thinks is a stranger climbing into his bed for a cheeky spoon and he just nearly smacks them out until Lana seizes his arm like an iconic Mr. and Mr. Smith moment where her reflexes are just too good for a normal girl. But, you know, our guy is still hypnotized by the puss, so he doesn't really think about it. She's straddling him when my worst nightmare occurs. His ex walks in and says, I guess old habits die hard considering I used to walk into his room all all the time sometimes we forget we're not together anymore oh honestly this bitch right the now blind rage i would feel my god lana has uh, a lot of self-control more so than me because she just looks at lisa and quietly says i suppose i could remind you sometime <gasps> we know what they don't know and i love it i love it yikes turns out my murder plans are on hold because kyle is missing they reluctantly get dressed and logan notices that lana has been wearing red the whole time that they've been away he's like okay cool yeah no worries i'm just gonna not think about that again logan's riding with leonard in the car and he launches into a story about some girl called katie who used to date a drug dealer but when she found out that he was a drug dealer she dumped him and then dated a new bloke who then would bash her so she went back to the drug dealer who ended up killing her abusive ex anywho it's a very long story about how sometimes the killer isn't always the monster and logan's like cool story bro but you, you can't sympathize with our killer and leonard's like planting the seeds and we respect him for that hmm. logan thinks the killer is a proxy killer seeking revenge on behalf of the evans family and therefore is more prone to being psychotic his team are contemplating what the fuck they need to do next when the church bells start ringing and they look over to see kyle dangling like a christmas tree ornament from the church tower sans his skin fingers and dick but also his eyes are sewn open merry christmas <laughs> happy hanukkah <laughs> Yeah, they've actually just straight like all that skin that she took off. She's actually made it into a giant wing. She has. 
She's oh done the paper mache, but like I love your like paper mache, and I'm like she's done the Viking blood eagle. That's what Ellie yeah, plans so to do to Ellie Wood. Lisa. Ellie, Ellie Wood. Wood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're back with Lana, and Hadley is telling her not to kill Lisa, which is disappointing. They have some cute friendship banter before Lana promises not to stab her. She's a bigger person than I am, but instead she spits out a wad of chewing gum into her hair, which is fabulously <laughs> evil. You just know how long that is going to take for her to get out oh best anyway lana and logan have a brief kiss which is kind of odd given that they're standing below the christmas angel that is kyle and a couple of deputies just charge at them after the sheriff yells at them lana's cat-like reflexes kick in and she just slams one of the guys in the throat leonard notices but not logan (laughs) again leonard with his bombastic side eye just being yeah he's like oh Lana decides to go for a fake run because she cannot stomach seeing the sheriff and Johnson so close to her. She calls Jake to talk her down and immediately he distracts her with duck corkscrew penises. That sounds like a great friendship. Yeah, she just true. says, talk me down, and he's like, I've got material prepared. If one of us was to like <laughs> be like, talk me off the edge, all three of us combined, it would be like chaos. We'd be like, no, we're oh. not talking off. We're getting right on there with you. Let's jump off together. Let's hold hands. Yeah. Well, Lana ends up asking Logan to spend a couple of hours with her that afternoon, and the impending sense of dread is becoming stronger in all of us. Logan jumps in the car with Leonard, who goes <laughs> on to tell him about his theory. After that is, he climbs into the back seat to avoid being in hitting range. Again, I love Logan, Leonard. Which, I love him. I love him. He's so good. He tells him all about Kennedy Carlisle and Jacob Denver. Logan starts putting everything together, and Leonard keeps defending Lana, reminding Logan how much she loves him but he can't hear that at the moment and he drives straight back to the cabins lana is just getting out of the shower when logan storms in and he immediately starts kissing her which quickly turns into very rough and unexpected penetration look i am a fan of angry sex however care still needs to go into it initially yeah. You can't just penetrate someone unexpectedly. Yeah. Lana keeps telling him how much she loves him, but he's not saying it back. And then she realizes that he knows. So she just takes it oh. while her heart is breaking, knowing that this is his punishment. Can we talk about how fucked up this whole moment is? Oh. Not okay. Poor choices, Logan. Poor fucking choices. Yeah. And even when we get his reasoning for it, I don't think it's enough. No. You've used sex as a weapon. And it's not like, oh, uh, BDSM punishment style. It's like, no, you've you've actually used that to cause harm. Yep. And you know what? Um, like physical harm and emotional harm are different. But emotional harm during sex, that is fucked. He tells her he knows and he leaves her naked and cuffed to the bed. But worst of all, he pushes her mouth closed, silencing her. Ooh. And he has not read the same story as we have. He calls her Kennedy and then he leaves. So he's not only is he dumb, he's ignorant and he's blonde. Okay. Yep. Cherry so on Ellie top. Can say that because she's blonde. Well, I am indeed. <laughs> so she, of course, has a lockpick in her purse as we all do when she escapes. Look, we're just going to dive in. And we start book five, okay, the final book, Painted All Red, with a bang as Logan literally busts into Hadley's cabin ready to fucking kick off. He literally punches the drywall 
while confronting her about knowing about Lana and he says that he's done with her. Mm. Leonard comes in and clues in on what has happened and at this stage Logan still thinks that Lana is Kennedy Carlisle and a proxy killer and is being manipulated by Jacob Denver when Leonard gives him like the medical file on Kennedy Carlisle and he's like wait a minute the math is not mathing in fact and then one look at the medical file for Victoria Evans and he realizes that it's Lana oh god Um, because it's not that her hips don't lie it's that her (gasps) eyes don't lie (laughs) oh god so Logan runs back to the cabin but obviously it's too late Lana's gone he realizes that he has fucked up you know, she is a serial killer and yet he can see every time that she could have gone psycho killer and didn't. He legs it to Jake's cabin next and Jake is actually just waiting for him. Jake is like, yeah, my legs actually work better than your brain and basically gives Logan the verbal dress down that we all want to. We learn that Jake was always worried that Lana would have nothing to keep her going once they finished their kill list, but Logan gave him hope and Jake also makes some very good points about the fact that Lana has trained for years more than most law enforcement to take down these monsters. Logan is obviously really struggling with the truth and Lana and Jake tried all the proper channels and like it failed them. It failed two children and an innocent man plus the actual original killer is still out there and all of his victims never received justice. So Logan's struggling with all of that. And Mm. we get this moment where Jake says, in your eyes, it's better to forever be the victim than to ever feel peace again because a real monster might die at the hands of someone who won't show mercy. The point that he made about the military and police not having as much training Mm. that Lana has put herself through, I never thought about it that way. And fucking spot on. Spot on. Honestly. And also on a side note, like Jake talking about his love for Marcus and how he felt like he had failed him was just like heart wrenching. Cause you obviously have Lana's journey and how she is avenging her family. But like Jake lost the love of his life and was kind of ashamed of him when they were alive together. And it's just, oh, you kind of forget that. And then you remember and your heart hurts. Logan just keeps asking like where Lana is. And Jake is like, not on my watch and blasts a loud siren that essentially knocks Logan out of action while he disappears. Okay, he does like a Batman move. It's quite sick. Logan ends up again being a white man and smashing up the room, which again, (laughs) this book, Logan is odd for me in this book. He's not the Logan you've known and I feel like I almost would have preferred another book in between of him transitioning into what he becomes. I feel like it was very quick, but it's also a short book, so you're not going to get that, isn't it? In Lana's point of view, Hadley is texting her and they do have like a nice moment where Lana thanks her for accepting her, but we don't have time for that. Jake tells Lana that he spoke with Logan and shows her like video footage of the cabin and Logan going absolutely ham on said cabin. And Jake is like, he loves you. But all Lana can think is, he doesn't love me like I love him. I love him enough to burn the world to the ground in his name. Which like, whoa. Big oof. Normally we get that type of quote from like a male love interest, so I adored I seeing it from a female main character. Yeah. The first thing I thought of was Rowan. Yeah. Rowan. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Rowan. I will become a Viking bird, whatever they are. Viking bird? <laughs> Is that Not what they Vi- were called? 
God. What was the actual name for it? Blood it's eagle. Not Viking. Blood eagle. Also known as Viking bird. So Keep going. Jake ends up comforting Lana, and again, their like found family dynamic is so precious. But also, her perception of her brother and their relationship is just so warped because of the pain. Like he has this internal dialogue where she says he wanted happiness for Jake. He wanted wrath from me. He thought Jake too kind for such a task. He knew that anger would burn harshly in my broken heart. He knew I was a monster before I did. Which, that's just, ugh. I really doubt that Marcus thought you were a monster. I bet he wanted yeah. happiness for you too. So it's just... He blocking. probably knew that she couldn't be happy after what she went through unless, I don't know. Yeah. That doesn't make it's sense. It's just... It's so sad and, again, no therapy in sight. Lana basically goes to the darkest place within herself as she needs to finish this. We then learn that Dev Thomas has arrived in town and he was basically the one person who was recently taken off of her cure list. She basically surprises Dev at the church to figure out why he's back and he says that he's come home to tell the truth and not to save any of them. Although he does, like, harbour some hope to, like, save her soul, we also find out that she knows who the original killer is. At this stage, I'm still thinking it's Johnson. I'm not going to lie. This entire time I was like, no, no, it has to be Kyle. I just hated Kyle. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> fuck that guy. I know he's. I know he would have been like a real young, young child, but like <laughs> but- it, it was him. <laughs> Yeah. Logan tells Hadley that he fucked up and Hadley ultimately tells him that she is on Team Lana and he needs to pick a side. Dev Thomas then appears before Logan and provides more backstory, aka how Kyle's mother is the reason they had Robert Evans semen. But again, the OG killer is not Kyle, so who the fuck is it? Yeah. Lana has decided to mix things up and has decided it's time for another two-for-one deal from Audi. This time... It's Murdoch and Judge Thomas. And once, like, there's this whole thing where she basically kidnaps Murdoch, has him, we discover he's a domestic abuser. So, again, great people. And she basically has Murdoch tied up in a chair in the judge's office. The judge comes in, he's locked in, and then she kills them both. And by the end of it, she paints a message in their blood on the wall and then heads to the safe house only to walk in on, like, Jake and Hadley fucking? Yeah, that took that like, was not expecting at all. <laughs> Whiplash. Like she's covered in blood. She's just got her paintbrush. She's like, this is sick. And then, well, anyways, the cops slash FBI find the judge and deputy along with Lana's like cute note to Logan, which literally ends in a fuck you with a love heart. In blood on the wall. In blood like, on the wall. Like, <laughs> I love it. Some people send a Snapchat. Other people send a text. And Lana's like, I'm into classic art and architecture. I'm just going to paint the walls. Lana is now guarding Murdoch's widow and daughter as it turns out that she knew Murdoch was hiding evidence of what happened and she knows that the sheriff will be out to clean up the mess before anyone else can. Lana intercepts two killers and basically saves Shanae, Murdoch and her daughter's lives. She's basically telling them what to do, like, you know, to take the information to Logan when Logan shows up. So she ends up hiding in the closet covered in, like, blood essentially while Logan and Leonard come into the house and then take Shanae and her daughter out of town with the evidence. Lana makes a break for it once she thinks the coast is clear, but like as she's changing out of her blood-soaked clothes in the forest, she feels like someone is watching her. And Nekmin Logan has pinned her to a tree. At this stage, I'm not sure if she's clothed again or still naked. Logan tries to explain what he thought was happening, but ultimately they end up making out against a tree and confessing their love for each other. So 
yeah, cool. Logan basically <laughs> makes her an offer, leave with him now, and Lana can't turn him away, but she also doesn't want to drag him down with her. So we're just kind of in a bit of a bind, a bit of a moral dilemma. It didn't take him long to throw away his entire career and moral no. ground. Again, yeah. for me, it makes more sense if she's naked against the tree. Um, yeah, probably, because he's like... I feel like food. I probably would have changed if I had realize that a whole town had covered up this entire man. And I'd you've probably be like, seen yeah, fuck it. it up. Oh yeah. yeah I'd be like, yeah. yeah like people. I don't disagree. So I understand with the, his. Yeah, I don't disagree with also, the getting there, like the the final no. outcome. It's just the way he it's got speed. there. It's like been twenty four hours. He's been an FBI agent for what, fifteen years? And he's just like, I've seen the light. If you and can't beat him, join him. Join him. <laughs> so yeah, now Jake is just sort of sitting in their little hideaway home, minding his own business, plotting the demise of the town. When Lana strolls in with Logan, she's naked, covered in blood. It's a time. Again, it makes it makes the vibes more vibey. It does. <laughs> Turns out that they're all in agreement that they are on neutral ground and they will not talk about the murders so long as they're all together. So that's the game plan. They all agree. Hold hands and sing Kumbaya. Yeah, pretty much. Then Hadley walks in and we've got a, a quadrant situation happening. Logan and Lana immediately leave to go bone, but she first needs to wash the blood of her victims off of her, which smart do that like every woman ever lana has a breakdown in the shower and logan steps in and kisses her better look the only thing that could have made this better is if she was crying while she had a bourbon in the shower because that is one of my favorite things to do (laughs) i can turn a day around with a cry in the shower with a bourbon exactly right but then they have shower sex and they go on to fuck all night they talk a little bit and she feels logan in on her backstory she tells him about her favorite memory and that's her parents dancing in the living room and i kid you not this nearly made me cry and the kids would just join in with them and oh my god it's just so pure and perfect and And even Jake would I know she starts telling him a bit more about but Logan knows if he hears the details from her mouth about what they did to her he will join her on the killing spree and to be honest that is the book I want Logan proves he is an elite book boyfriend by pulling her to her feet and dancing with her and again I cry oh big feelings the next morning they part ways and Logan knows she won't stop her revenge Jake and Lana begin the final countdown and that song's playing the whole time and yeah they set off with their painting gear here we go back with logan he and his team have been told that they have to go back to headquarters logan's about to go off on the deputy director when the tv cuts off with a broadcast and it's the voice from saw telling the citizens of the town to get the fuck out before they burn they end up playing a recording of that night and you see the kids on the ground and kyle and oh the sheriff's minions are also trying to like cut the broadcast while all of this is going on but jake's too clever for that shit as the screen then swaps to the footage of robert evans murder not great no the screen then goes blank and then lights up with images of different people as they watch themselves on tv like some fucked up form of goggle box it's oh my just... god not the goggle box but the voice tells them to all pick a side and save themselves while they still can just like that logan realizes he needs to leave and let lana do what she needs to do because he just watched his girlfriend get gang yeah. raped on tv so he's not doing well um, he's like i he... probably for my morality i need to leave because i will join yeah. her and she's got a plan and i don't know the plan and she's gonna have to explain to me the plan and compartmentalize things and yeah. delegate and that's gonna get in her way exactly 
exactly right. Yeah. He just hopes that she kills every last person with a badge who didn't help her that night. And it's like, you know what? Game on, moles. So Jake and Lana are executing their master plan. They have a heat sensor tracking everyone leaving while creepy messages they painted start appearing all over town as quotes from the dead Evans family. It's just so dramatic. I love it. It is so I love it. (laughs) It gets worse. The church bell, remember where Christmas Angel Kyle was, crashes to the street and then gravestones at the cemetery start exploding with black smoke looking like the spirits floating away. (laughs) It's just a masterpiece. It's brilliant. Then mirrors are launched up from under the ground somehow from some unknown mechanism and they shatter all around people. It's a lot. (laughs) Part of their 10 years of training was actually just a year on special effects. Yeah, pretty much. They they went and they signed up for a Michael Bay masterclass. They were like, we need explosions. And we need to also look hot as fuck while we do it. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. Anyway, it gets more. Logan, he's already back at FBI headquarters because this book just, it moves at the speed of light, okay? So he's travelled, he's traversed, we're there, okay? Not much time has happened. He's having a fight with the director who still refuses to do anything about the Evans case, despite all of the evidence, which this is a story we have heard before, but let's not go into that. He threatens Logan's job and tells him not to leave the building. Logan, of course, is freaking the fuck out when he sees Hadley rush into an office with her laptop and he's like, you, I know what you are doing, follows her. She hacks into the feed, which is Jake's laptop, and they begin watching everything that Jake is operating. They can't find Lana on any of those screens because they realize she is with the sheriff. (gasps) (gasps) Lana proceeds to murder the cocky bastard in his own home in the shower like she's always fantasized doing. She stabs him, shoots him in the dick and slits his throat for good measure. Love a good double tap. To the song, I shot the sheriff, no less. It's just (laughs) so good. It's poetic. It's poetic. She also tells him like this story about your daughter before she was brutally raped and murdered was a cunt. And let me tell you, this fucked up story about the fact that my dad did something off his own back to be generous and nice to your daughter and she was a bitch to him and a bitch to me. I don't think she deserved to be raped and or murdered. But the pieces have fallen as they fell and now you shall die too. (laughs) Game on, Moss. She orchestrates all the deputies who were there on that night to be at the same spot at the command of the sheriff and it was some freaky phone shit. It's all happening. We're doing it. So Lana retreats to her old house and she gears up like female Rambo to kill some fuckers. Fuck yeah. So Logan and Hadley are watching everything go down from the police station. Jake messages Hadley through the computer and asks if they're ready for the messy show. And they are. Jake flicks on on a screen that then shows Lana. In the meantime, Jake and Lana have planned for the evidence to pile up against Director McAvoy. A video plays of him wanting to cover everything up at the station in front of everyone, basically. And everyone's kind of just like bombastic side eye. Criminal offensive. Literal criminal, actually. He does criminal action. So Lana is making her way to the town hall with all of the guilty deputies with the song Down with the Sickness by Disturbed playing and Beautiful. Yes. This scene is fucking everything. A live feed starts up on the news of Lana outside of the town hall in a mask. And she, like, fucking badass kicks down the door and starts just, like, blowing holes in everyone in the room with a fucking shotgun. 
It is such an epic scene. She's winning for a hot minute, but then when they realize that they can't hide down in the basement, the deputies start to advance and she gets shot in the leg. SSA Johnson arrives and she throws a fucking knife at his head and hits him between the eyebrows. Beautiful. (laughs) But in the meantime, she gets hit with even more bullets. Logan is freaking out watching this, trying to get out of the station to try to get back to her, but he's too far away. But he just can't watch her die. He realizes when she takes the mask off inside the building that she only had the mask on for the news so that no one would tie her to him, which is just heartbreaking. And Jake is also freaking out. And Lana is basically on the phone with him, reminding him of the fun things that they did as kids. And he's begging her not to die, begging her to get the fuck out of there. And we get this moment. Don't cry for me, Jake. I've survived because of you. You kept me alive. vomits it's traumatizing she calls logan after hanging up on jake and she tells him that she loves him and he begs her to keep fighting and she says that he showed her what life was supposed to be like and we fucking sob she hangs up and realizes too late that she doesn't want to die there are things set so she basically can get out but she can't actually get herself physically up to get out she thinks she sees marcus's face but she's dying and the last vision she has is a vision of logan's face before the blaze of the fire takes out. Because, by the way, there's a series of events that have taken place and basically Jake has timed it so that this fire will burn the entire town to the ground at a certain point in time. And she needs to get out of there, but obviously she is severely injured and is dying, so she cannot. Logan and Hadley are watching the building blow up and Logan absolutely loses it, knowing that she couldn't have made it out. So depression. We then, because this book is moving so very quickly, we jump to three months later. Logan has basically, he broke down three months ago when this all happened and is only just back at the office. The quote we get, I didn't realize until she was gone that nothing else mattered at all. Nothing I stood for was worth more than her. Nothing I valued held any true value at all. Everything I have is pointless without her. Oh, darling. Darling. (laughs) Logan is on forced leave because of his mentee B, which I fucking wish. He is updating <laughs> he's updating the old case file because now the corruption has come out and he knows who the original killer was. Rot roll. When he goes to see the new director, Collins says that he's not going to ruin Logan's unit's name to save the name of a dead man. And like, come on, Collins, we were all rooting for you. Sorry, I had to say it like that. This entire series, you're like, Collins will be like, you know, the fresh start, the good change. And it's like, oh no, you're just gonna. You're just like the Keep rest it going. of going. You're just another white guy in a suit. Yeah. Basically. So obviously, as soon as Logan realizes that nothing's going to come from this, he quits. And in the meantime, Hadley finds out that Jason Collins was actually found dead, who was a guy on the list that hadn't been killed yet. Where he was found, that police station called her to see if it matched up with the Scarlet Slayer's like vibe and she said that it couldn't have been because she died but she knows it was Lana because it matches her MO to a T. Hadley and Logan basically decide to make themselves disappear and go to try to find Lana and Jake. Logan makes a pit stop to the original killer and guess who it is? 
I really didn't see this coming. No, Christopher no. Denver. When she threw the knife and it went in Johnson's head, I was like, okay, that was pretty anticlimactic for the original killer, but okay, cool. Maybe it was just good enough to get him. And then I was like, oh no, okay, there's it's another person. Who the fuck could this be? I know, What's right? Yeah. I was sad. looking at Goodreads as well and people were saying like how obvious it was and I was like, oh God, <laughs> am, I, am I a bit slow? Because I didn't know. No, I didn't guess it either the first time I read it. So it turns out that Jake hated him his entire life and he got Olivia, the sister of one of the victims of the original killer, to come to look after Christopher when he started to get sick. So basically they had started poisoning him and then she has now come to care for him but has progressively been poisoning him over the years for a very slow torture, which is what he fucking deserves. Yeah. So turns out that Christopher loved Jasmine Evans and he hated Robert and Jasmine for being happy together. He was a psychopath with narcissistic tendencies and Logan takes out his gun while he's having this whole like, I figured it out, you fucking cunt, when Christopher Denver is literally like in his house, full on like, Olivia's just left him and has just been like, good fucking luck. And Logan takes out his gun and just shoots him in the dick multiple times to show Lana that he ain't fucking leaving. Oh my God. Yeah, I wasn't Quite expecting... Quite an act of love. Yeah, like some people's acts of service or, you know, gift giving, if you will, is like flowers, chocolates. I really wasn't expecting Logan to essentially think that the way he needs to prove to Lana is to get at her level. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty fucking hectic. It was necessary. And I also kind of was like, it wasn't his death to claim. Like, that revenge was for Olivia and for Jake. Although I don't disagree with him doing it. It didn't feel consistent with the Logan you know, but at this stage he's also flipped his lid and he's gone to the kind of dark side even though we think it's the right side. (laughs) But we leave that and we jump to Lana's point of view and we get this quote. Three months ago, I thought I was going to die, but once again, I was saved by a brother, though not the same one. Jake walked in firing rapidly and threw in a smoke bomb. I wish I'd thought of a smoke bomb. I was too busy thinking I was invincible. I thought I saw Marcus, but it wasn't him. It was the other brother, the one who had stood by me through hell and high water and dragged me out of the pit one last time, saving me just barely in time. There's our sweet little Jakey boy. Basically, our girl notices that Christopher is dead. She doesn't think that Olivia would have shot him, but she lets it go for now because you know what? At least that fucker's dead. When she goes back to her new little home with Jake that she's got, something feels a bit iffy in the air. Which she FYI, feels someone... their new house is in Greece. Also yeah, it is. is Jamaica. But yes, she feels someone watching her and someone is in the house. Guess who? Logan! Sorry. <laughs> Look, <laughs> wow. Lucky Lana is so Jeez. confident that she's not a shoot first person. She yeah, literally. She's a knife and Logan's dead. Yeah. <laughs> and we get this interchange which Lana says, but your job, I left it, he says, studying my eyes. And your life is wherever you are. Guess you shouldn't have been so perfect if you didn't want me to love you this much. Which I feel like that declaration could have been a little bit better. But could have been better, Logan. But this next moment is where it brings it back. It regenerates that love that I had because that kind of was like, oh, look, could have been better. But then Logan's like, babe, you're stuck with me. And our girl puts two and two together. And he says, I decided if I could choose anywhere in the world to be, it should be wherever you were. I'm like, yeah, that's lovely. I love that. 
So we then jump again, because that's what we're doing a lot in this book. Jumping to three years later, Logan and Lana still hear from Laurel and Lindy May. Logan still speaks with Leonard on the burner phone, on a little burner phone that he's got. And they hear from Olivia occasionally as well. Hadley and Jake are married, both bisexual, and they like to include other people in their relationship two times a month. And they've just finished up a threesome with a guy. And we fucking love that for them. I love that for them. Yeah. I'm so happy for them. I know. And Logan and Lana are also married and Logan is living his best fucking life. We get this moment. Five years ago, I never pictured myself leaving the bureau and spending my days with a semi-retired serial killer while walking the beaches of Greece. I never pictured me sharing a house with another couple. I never pictured anything at all about my life as it is today, which is why I love Lana so much. She still continues to surprise me and I'm fairly positive I'd be the one burning the world down if anyone ever tried to take her from me. And then we get the finisher of all finishes, which is just honestly the weirdest way to end this book. It's I wish so, they just left it. They should I have was not expecting No. You read no you read the bit where it's a semi retired serial killer and you're like, hold on, hold on the the semi. That's yeah. that's that's, that's important to know. So basically the book ends on their anniversary and he says that for Lana to do what she did that final night at the old town, something had to open up inside of her and it can't just be shut without consequence. So once a year, Leonard gets Logan a case of a terrible man who has done terrible things. They go out and Lana gets to kill them. It's super fucking creepy, but I love it. <laughs> I was just I not just, expecting that. It was so unnecessary. It, I feel like it kind of cheapened it a little bit because now it just is a like... A little bit, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's a killer. Yeah. He's, like, he's like, oh, she's got needs. Murder. Yeah. Yeah, it is all That's, a bit fucking weird. I it should have ended with just like them walking on the beach. This yeah, is their life now. They're reunited. Like yeah. it seriously yeah. could have ended before it like yeah. jumped to three years. Years, whatever it was yeah but or she could have just taken up knitting as a new hobby yeah it's busy. sharp kind of you know just mm, anyway we all have a song reference tonight i have literally just because obviously it was referenced in the book i just thought i would put in the actual lyrics for down with the sickness that it matches with. So the lyrics are drowning deep in my sea of loathing, broken your servant I kneel. It seems what's left of my human side is slowly changing in me. Looking at my own reflection when suddenly it changes, violently it changes. There is no turning back now. You've woken up the demon in me. Oh yeah. Ooh. that Yeah. It matches. Well, my pick, I, if you had to choose a song currently that depicts female rage, it is Little Girl Gone by Chinchilla. And if this yeah. doesn't fucking fit this book, I don't know what does. Um, you've all heard yeah. the song. You all know the lyrics. And if you don't know, look it up. It's on TikTok. It's very, very good. And my song reference was for when Logan turns to our girl's side, and that is Nameless by Stevie Howie, which is literally a song written by this guy who found out that the love of his life was raped. And it's Ooh. like, I pray to God that you would choke, like, type thing. But yeah, it's Jesus. very, very yeah, dark. And like, the music video he's made, she's involved with it. But yeah, FYI. That's also on TikTok. I did some research after our first episode covering this series because we were wondering if there was fan art and then we weren't too sure. So I ended up finding some fan art. So the first one is from Thorn underscore arts, which is basically Lana with a gun and is my equivalent of a wet dream. So yes, 
it's hot. She's got a gun pointing it at the camera, basically, if it was a camera. And she's got blood. She's got red nails. She's hot as hell. And then we've got two from Ludwig.is.tired. One is basically Lana in a cute red dress. It's very cutesy, very like not at all what I pictured Lana like wearing, but I love like the juxtaposition of that next to the other one that they've done, which is Lana in like all men's clothes ready to like kill some fuckers. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) I love that. And then we have Yaz, which is Y-A-S art page which is basically lana and logan in like the charlie's angels back-to-back vibe but she's holding the apple with all the nails in it and he's holding a gun and then we have from clo arts which is basically like an anime style version of lana and logan kind of again back-to-back ish she's got like a knife and he's got his gun he's in like a suit but yeah anime style i really thought it was cute so i'm very proud of you for finding fan art i was very much not wanting to search because i didn't want to spoil anything so you Mm. did great well that wraps it up for the mindfuck series that is all done and dusted thank you stabby for that beautiful beautiful story coming up next we are covering a couple books in honor of pride month which is very very exciting and to start off with, we are covering Delilah Green Doesn't Care, which is just so good. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. By Ashley Herring Blake. And we'll be covering other LGBTQ plus books during the month of June. Yes. And then we are going on a break. Yeah. And then we'll be having our mid-year break after Pride Month. <laughs> well deserved. Yeah. Bit of slog, guys. No. Not that we don't love you all, but we're also very tired. On that note, we will see you next week for Delilah Lila Green doesn't care. Please remember to like, follow, subscribe on all the places. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Why am I finger gunning? Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube if you haven't already at a Book and a Bev podcast. Please rate, like, and subscribe. We hear that helps. We love and appreciate you, and we'll see you next week.